Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out, the best, well, the only UK FPV podcast sponsored by the lovely people from our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Let's Drone Out. In particular, we'd like to thank these guys. Art Faulkner. Mikey Dread. Wacky Wes. David Powell. <laughs> thank you, guys. You're the best. We can edit our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Let's Drone Out. This week uh, we are again short a Jack, but he has replaced himself with a special guest. So uh, we will get around to introducing everyone. This week we have Andy RC. How do? Kari Kitten. Hello. NJ. Hello. Tony. Bonjour. And so called the Gimbal Gimp. Yes, what he's put himself down as on here. So, Sheldon, That's how fine. are you doing today? I'm okay. Thanks for having me. How's, uh, how's the Let's Drone Out team? We're all good, I think. But, um, to kind of give everyone yeah, a... a bit of a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> to give so everyone... ask everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, just give everyone a, a bit of background on, on how... Uh, how you've come to be on the show this evening. Where are you speaking from right now? I am speaking from Drone Doctor uh, Drone Doctor Towers here in Brighton. <laughs> and what are you what do you do at Drone Doctor? Um, uh, we mostly repair, we do a few other bits. Uh, we also fly tiny whoops the spaces. Um and yeah, that's, that's about it. It, it. It's an interesting thing already because most people who fly sort of FPV, the race style drones, would would sort of put the proposition forward that DJI drones don't crash. Do you just push them around the sky? But exactly what are people managing to do with them? How are they, is there any interesting crash stories there about exactly what they were doing and what happened to their um, their quads? Um. Uh... Yeah, I've always wanted the same thing. Uh, since the <laughs> obstacle avoidance has been in all of the DJI drones, well, apart from the Mavic Mini, um, uh, we thought at one point, oh, you know, when the Phantom 4 came out with obstacle avoidance, we thought, okay, we don't have the business anymore. Uh, it turns out to not be the case because uh, certainly DJI's obstacle avoidance is not to be trusted. And uh, unfortunately, it's marketed. Um, DJI have a habit of doing this. They basically market, market it as being... You know, it will stop you crashing, but it won't. Uh, in many cases, for example, if it's uh, poor lighting conditions, um, uh, then the vision sensors won't detect an obstacle. If it's something like a tree with branches moving around in the wind, it won't actually detect that as an obstacle. So what it'll you're have to fly into it. gets defeated by Scraggle. Uh, they get defeated by many things, actually, but... Um, uh, Scraggle yeah. in the uh, um, English weather, the grey and drizzle. <laughs> Have we explained yeah. to the viewers uh, what what Sheldon's role is, what his job is? I, it, I, yeah, fi- fixing, 
<laughs> fixing Mavics and stuff by the sounds of it. So um, I just want to ask yeah. j- just a quick question because I had a Phantom 4 and when I received it, um, it had a dead pixel on the camera. So I contacted mm-hmm. I contacted DJI and uh, they sent me a label to print off. I sent it to my mm-hmm. – uh, I, I dropped it off at my local UPS thing. And it went to Europe somewhere. So why didn't it yeah. go? To, why didn't it go to you? Are you a separate? Are you something separate from DJI? Is my question. Yes, thank God. Uh, yeah, we're not part of DJI. <laughs> we're the recommended and authorized preparer for the UK. So we're listed on the website. We're the only company with with that. But uh, we are an independent company. Um, I own Drone Doctor. Um, there's six of us here that repair drones, and. Um, uh, yeah, so we are entirely separate from DJI. Um, they, these, they are these drones for Europe is in Holland? Yes, that's where. <clears throat> so are the, are these uh, DJI models that are out of warranty then that customers have to pay for to get fixed? Um, well, very occasionally people will uh, do something through us that should be done or go through the hassle of DJI, but uh, we. Any sort of crash damage, you know, if someone makes a mistake, that's not covered under warranty. If they don't have DJI care, then uh, it comes through to us. We deal with uh, a number of insurance companies as well. Um, so we do their repairs. So, um, yeah, it, it's mainly, it, we do get more of a given model once they go out of warranty. Though. Once they all start becoming a year old, uh, we get more of them because, yeah, warranty covers expire. Um, but we don't do any warranty work. Perfect. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, carry on. Uh, did you, so, uh, did, NJ, what was your what was your DJI tale that you were teasing us with? <clears throat> well, no. All it is is that um, that's the fact that you know, ten years of often on buying DJI products, the first time I've had something actually go wrong, which was my of the two air units I was sent. Well, I say I was sent. I, I actually purchased. They weren't sent to me for review. Um, uh, one of them, it was actually they both came in via Banggood because um, I had some points in my account anyway, so I, I, I got those over. And uh, the MSP on one of them doesn't work, <clears throat> which uh, was hilarious trying to chat with their technical team uh, because obviously I'd, uh, I I have two air units here, so it's very, very easy to, to cross-reference what works and doesn't work on when you've got one working air unit and one that doesn't because you just take the harness out, plug the other one in and... When everything works, you're like, well, there's your answer. There's nothing wrong with my wiring. But, of course, a a ton of stupid questions ensue from technical support. Can you send me pictures of your ports tab? Can you take a picture of your flight controller wiring? I'm like, yes. I'll jump through all those hoops, but I have two. It works on one. It doesn't on the other. Therefore, the one that doesn't work has a problem with the MSP. (laughs) Eventually, they agreed to this. Um, And then after going through all of that, the person, Maggie, which I'm sure is her real name, in technical support, then um, <laughs> sent me an email to say, I've looked at your serial number and I noticed that this is a USA unit uh, it will, and therefore um, we, will, we will not be uh, covering your warranty. You'll have to send it to the Netherlands, which I think is po- possibly the closest regional uh, repair spot yeah. um, that does the, the warranty work, as, as uh, Sheldon was saying. And... Um, at which point I wrote back a little bit disgruntled, having jumped through all of those hoops and said, well, is it not somewhat your responsibility to to make sure that you're, you know, selling this, wholesaling this to retailers that are honest with their customers? I said, no, we're on the page. 
does it say it says one year warranty but it doesn't say that you know we'll we'll ship globally but we'll only mm. provide a warranty regionally so i use lots of words uh like misguided and, and various other <laughs> things that, would, that they probably look up and then go oh i think he means business and they have actually honored mm-hmm. it and they said okay we're really wow. sorry uh we'll 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 i think I think maybe many people would have turned around and gone, well, I guess I'll have to get it repaired, but they have actually agreed to honour it. Um, so I think that's where it's going to end up going. Um, but, yeah, that's my, my current right. thing with, with uh, any And, Jay, at any point did you say, uh, I was Nicole Scherzinger's guitarist? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I might have mentioned that I have a fairly solid subscriber base on youtube and i'd be happy to talk about my experience with dji support should this not go in my favor well you you wouldn't be the first one um gi's support or lack of is one of the reasons we exist if their repair services were really good and they were very responsive and useful then why would people use us um but uh yeah they're not so i've always found them i've always found them to be great um, but I, yeah. I've, I've always, it's, it's always been like a, a brand new product, um, that's, sure. that's under warranty. So perhaps, uh, but what can they have gotten better on some things, but it, as soon as you disagree, that's when it becomes an issue. What confused um, me about NJ's situation is that, uh, I, I don't, I don't know whether they've tightened their policies, but. I bought a Phantom 4 direct from China because it was so much cheaper, mm-hmm. as, the, as is the reason why many people buy DJI stuff from China. And uh, they they just, yeah, they, they I think they were like, just fill out an RMA form and that was it. So I was confused when NJ was like, oh, yeah, I, I had trouble, but may, maybe uh, they've gotten that big and there's that many uh product we're, we're talking a, a few years we're talking when the phantom four were right. released so perhaps they've changed their policy a little bit um and it, it's more of a regional thing now but i i was confused by that so uh i feel yeah. bad for nj as well because i was like oh yeah you can save so much money buying it from here that that's where i got it from well the thing that irritated me was was they then went on in the email to say how they're not liable then as it'd have to go to the u.s for repair that they would not be liable for the customs and import duties and blah 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 and then went on to say however if you would like to pay for our repair service and i thought this is fresh out of the box this that's particularly uncool uh, to take that line with me so uh yeah power of the strongly worded email i think is that and uh, jay you, you could talk anybody into anything i'd jump off the cliff <laughs> tomorrow if you told me to do so if you were like this will really benefit you your life i would like and <laughs> jay told me to do it it's got to be it's got to be right I, I was i was geared up for a fight but i i didn't it, thankfully they they backed straight down but I, i'm i'm sure there are probably instances where they haven't and they leave people with a with a bit of taste in their mouth. But there, there has to be something uh, to do with, I think there was a point where DJI were very robust in their customer service and that was when they were at a point where they were sort of booming as a company. Mm-hmm. And now they're into that real growing pain stage where they're, they're getting so big that, that now you're talking about dealing with support on a much larger scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've gotten too, too big for that. It's been away for a long time. Sorry, they, they they've never put time, and they have never actually oh, really? caught up with with um, the support. With, with I, the I mean, we're a DJ 
dealer and we get terrible support. Every day we have people calling up, complaining about something rather than DJI. Um, it, it, it would be, yeah, it, it's in with them, unfortunately. Uh, they can be good sometimes. Uh, when I was going to say, I've, normally, but. I've got nothing but good uh, experience with them. That's the thing, isn't mm. it? If you it only takes one bad experience for someone to go, ah, oh, it's a it's a pile of crap. Don't ever trust this company. And yeah. it's like, I uh, um, I sent my P4 to them. I sent my Air to them, and I sent my Mavic mm. to them. And each time, and I, they were all uh, bought from China. And each time. They uh, so so NJ. Once you sorted this out, did they send you the UPS label and all of that? No. no what they've done is they've what in this latest email where she said, "Look, we'll honour it. We're really sorry." Um, they didn't really discuss any of the things that I highlighted with them. They, it was a very simple email back to say, "Yeah, fine. You can repair. It. You can repair it. We'll cover it." But the email did say if you now go ahead and use this link to do an online booking form, give me the case number and then we'll make sure the, that your that the cost is covered by them. Sorry. I, I expect it must be quite interesting. If you think about the warranty claims DJI must get, think about the amount of people that are pretty stupid and fly into trees. And then like mm-hmm. my brain, my, my drone's broken because it hit a tree and you guys said it wouldn't. Therefore, it's a failure. <laughs> yeah. It's all your fault. You yeah, need yeah. to repair it. And this sort of thing must go on all the time. So, perhaps well, people who don't even know how to use it at all. Uh, people yeah. don't read them. They always calibrate the compass before flight. There's some people on forums. It, whenever a customer calls up and they say, We've been on the forums, I always think, Oh, God. Um, because there's so, for every good bit of information, there's three retards who are spouting out. <laughs> Because people read it on the internet. Get it scrolling. Get we it had scrolling. a naughty word. Any views <laughs> expressed by any guests on this show, brackets, Sheldon, are personal and may not reflect the views of the host or any participant on the show. We treat uh, people of all mental illnesses the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. is, that is that a new addition to the that's, disclaimer? That's, yeah. Sheldon, don't worry. It. As it goes, this has been the longest we've had in a while without needing to bring the disclaimer up. <laughs> Already you're winning, so honestly, don't worry about it. No. Um, but yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, the DJI thing, um, because, uh, well, as you said, the thing with um, people going in the forums, I mean, having seen this from as, from, like I said, that it was probably about 10 years ago, the very early products started started rolling out. You just you only have to keep sort of in mind with and keep an eye on what's going on. You get used to terms like the DJI dance and all the other bits and pieces mm-hmm. that, that that go along with it. But I can imagine there are a lot of people that that do come to you that just haven't a clue what they're doing. What I remember the term, yeah, the term to China being used back in the NASA days when the uh, <laughs> the RTH went wrong. That's um, right. Yeah. I'm just loving every so often you're hearing a DJI tone. It's yeah. like when you hear that tone, it's like an advert almost. You know, <laughs> we get sponsored by them. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by DJI. We all, so, we all say DGI though, don't we? No, 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 no we, we don't. say we say DJI, but if you say it fast, it sounds like a G. Uh, this is I, I figured it out. Sorry, Sheldon, what were you saying? Just before we sorry. Away. 
Oh, I can't remember. I've got a lot of things to complain about. Um, <laughs> how many? We... How many? How many bits do you receive that have uh, been flown in the rain? Because uh, I don't know if anyone's seen oh. the. Uh, I mean, it was in the news recently, mm. but there was also a safe or a pair of safety notices released by um, uh, the CAA. Yeah, uh, this is nothing new. <laughs> saying it was incredible. It's like having a, a safety notice saying "Don't run with scissors." It was that basic, <laughs> but on a CAA level. It was there was one safety notice saying don't fly in the rain, and the other safety notice saying don't fly over people. That was basically the 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 sum total. But there was many pages to these safety notices. Um, out of interest, NJ, did you receive a copy of these safety notices? Having been someone that that's signed up and abandons the the hobby and signed up through directly through the DMA. <laughs> Through the CAA, uh, Andy, you, you uh, they take the opportunity it, to use your email address and send well, this, you this information. Well, there's, there's no, uh, there's no accusing you of being someone who sits <laughs> on the fence, there, Frank. Is there? <laughs> hang, <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on. What, what, what's happened? What have I missed? What's so I, well, I, 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 I signed up to it because. <laughs> I wanted to know if I was going to get all the questions right, which I did. And then by doing so, I accidentally registered. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say, because Lurgy is asking uh, to Andy, sorry, Frank, uh, are we getting a recap on the nine pound thing, Frank? Uh, go through either BMFA or FPV UK. If, if you, if you've signed up to them already, they you can do it through them and either the RTC through BMFA or there's the uh, A test on FPV UK that will get you sorted with the uh, flyers um, uh, flyer ID signed up for that. Um, but then the operator ID, which is the nine pound thing, you can either pay the nine pounds through one of the associations, say through the BMFA or the FPV UK, and you can do that by just going and logging in and finding out the, the tick box and then saying, yes, please take £9 more. Um, or you can do it directly through the CAA and do it that way and abandon the hobby and give them better numbers. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for experimental purposes, it's important that we all are diverse about this and that now like, I've done it that way. So we are now you guys can do it the other way and then we can we can we can see all our different experiences. Yep. Um I have I'm just looking at my emails now and the only so I've had three your registration code, uh gov.uk paid to say that they've got my nine quid, and uh your drone and model operating ID details, flyer ID details, and then a bunch of pretty yeah, just just faff. So yes, I, uh, so the answer to your question is no. Which is interesting. I would have thought if they're collecting people's email addresses of people that are operators or flyers of small unmanned aircraft, maybe sending the notices that are addressed to all operators and flyers of unmanned aircraft, maybe maybe they should send that. But there we go. You can. So, find so it now now I I am I'm the mole. That's why yep. I am. In, <laughs> but but MJ, I'm I'm in amongst them for journalistic I'm purposes. Not... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, yeah, journalistic research. NJ, are you not a member of one of the organisations though, FPV UK or BMFA? Uh, during a um, resubscription era, I'm actually a member of both. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you're, so, so you're going to have three operator IDs. 
that, that's a good tactic. Which, tactic. Yeah, it means I can be naughty with two of them. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think of that, didn't I? <laughs> uh, but actually, I want to bring this back to Sheldon because, um, you know, with, with the this legislation and stuff like this, it's something I'm worried about as uh, my my career relies. Uh, on it as does yours do you see um a reduction in uh work coming your way with this legislation or do you uh, expect to see a bunch of dji drones without any operated ids on the side of them and business uh, as usual it's the second one um <laughs> it's, it's the second one is, well that's the answer i wanted is to what hear. we're seeing yeah, um, I haven't registered personally. I've a registered drone doctor and the guys who test fly are registered, but I haven't. And uh, everyone, so I'm not going to. So, um, yeah. But and that's from DJI I think it's a people. terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I see the reasons for it, but I, I don't think it's uh, very smart. It's not. It, it's a. It's just basically a waste of time. Uh, it's just a tax that won't actually achieve anything at all. There is no way it can fulfil its intended purpose. No, um, no, no. We're seeing, we, yeah, we yeah, are seeing various people sending in drones. The drone I've got in my hand has got the guy's flyer ID and his operator ID, so I probably shouldn't show it. Um, <laughs> no, show another it. Another thing is the privacy issue. Tony wants to put it on his, so if you could show that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I've got a quick down Gatwick layer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hustle flying trucks into prisons. Yeah. Um, uh, What's the instance, yeah, because, actually, where you need to put both? I thought you only needed your operator ID on the side. Do you need your flyer ID as no, well? No, I think this guy's just being enthusiastic. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's put details about the things he likes as well. Says he likes gardening on this as well. <laughs> he's, a, he's put his name on it and his mobile number. And um, Should we ring wow, him? Got, on oh, do you know what, though? That's, oh, it's got his address as well. That person you know really wants their drone back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's actually, uh, aside from all of this stupid uh, regulation, that's actually a really good thing to do because... Um, if you follow all of the rules, you register, you do, you put your your code on the side. Really, what it, it, you you you're out of control if your drone just flies away. That's not your fault, and it can happen, right? Mm -hmm. You know. So um, when the the first thing I did when I got my Phantom Four was put my name and address, and also reward. Uh, because mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted it back. So uh, that's the sensible thing to do, I think. I've been encouraging people for ages to put details on their quads because so many people I know have lost a quad and where they're flying so uh, in the middle of nowhere, if someone what, finds even, it... Even with your buzzer recommendations <laughs> and... Not I, everybody I, follows that. No. Not, not just, if if you're really keen to get it back, put like uh, I put an email address and a mobile number on. I was like, if found, please call just in case. Because if if someone just comes across it, a walker, they won't know what to do with it. Um, also, if you want to be really paranoid, when you've got your GoPro or whatever on the SD card, put a little readme file or a video saying, "Watch me," and say, "This is this is my drone. Please contact me here." 
just in case your camera flies off. But if you do that, you have to have the camera face, you have to put a white lab coat on, you have to present it like Q presenting it to James Bond. As, as <laughs> or, or, or you could be this threatening. You we'll give, give this back. <laughs> yes, yeah. this, this SD card will now corrupt your entire computer in 30 <laughs> seconds. Now, I always think that at some point a drone's just, I, I assume a lot of them just end up in, in, in fields and end up in going into a combine harvester. And one day I expect to be eating my cornflakes and find a beck in the middle of one, one of these. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what, you haven't had that yet? <laughs> <laughs> we, we did have a wing go down on the meat in, in, um, in a, like a barley field where it was like, you know, this high. And we had like 20, 30 people walking up and down this field trying to find it. Nobody could find it until it was ploughed. And it didn't look so hot then. It was all <laughs> a bit folded up and stuff. But some of the components were salvageable, but... Yeah, it hasn't quite made it into the breakfast cereal yet. It goes back out again. I think the farmer <laughs> notices this kajung kajung noise as this bits of white foam start flying up in the air and things. Yeah, not not so great. So, where where are you guys based, Sheldon? Uh, we're in Brighton. Oh, you're in Brighton. Oh, yeah. Hence, hence I asked him that before. I asked him that before the show because I was like, "Are there any jobs going?" But Brighton's a bit too—it's a bit too much of a commute every day. Uh, but it so- sounds like a, a good job. What a question I have, and uh, mm-hmm. and I don't—you you probably can't answer it. But um, I take it you cl- you were close with DJI, or do you not? Are you completely separate to them? Well, we we're not part of them. I mean, we. Drone Doctor originally sprouted off from first-person view, which I think was actually the first DJI dealer in the UK, and they were very, very big. I think they were the biggest, for sure, at one point. Um, but so we have, I suppose, as a business, been dealing with DJI pretty much since they first started, um, as early as you could get, really. But that doesn't really mean anything because they've got a very high start turnover rate, so... Uh, you know, once you build up any sort of relationship with anyone, they're usually gone. Um, so it's very hard to actually work, you know, closely with them. What they do care about is how much you're ordering. So, you know, if you're putting a healthy amount of money through them, then they'll pay your account a bit more attention. What I was, what, what I was trying to get at is do you get the juicy information uh, of no. new, new products? No, because I've got no. a DJI no. contact and he is like, it's like he's got a zip on his mouth. You know, mm. uh, there's some news about the the uh, Air Two potentially coming out. There's three new drones coming out. I heard. Well, uh, yeah. have you got this from DroneDJ.com? Because that it's a good resource. Like there needs to be a website like that to spread news, and it's obviously very popular. And they've done good advertising for me for free, which I appreciate. Uh, however, to take what's on there with a pinch of salt because they keep confirmed rumours. Unless it includes a picture or an actual spec sheet, then just forget about it because there are actually a lot of retailers that have been affected because people are waiting for the Mavic 3 that's coming out in January. No, there's no Mavic 3 in January because the Mavic 3 is not coming out till later this year. Anyone who actually works with DJI knows this because that's not how they're releasing stuff. And the Mavic 2 is is nowhere near the end of its life cycle. Um, the, the the latest Mavic 2 that was brought out, the Mavic 2 Enterprise Dual, that was released a year ago. Um, so it's not going to be replaced yet. And I don't think it'll be replaced realistically till the end of the year. So, um, you know, when people are holding off buying, say, Mavic 2 or repairing their Mavic 2 because they think a Mavic uh, 3 is coming out, uh, that's actually quite upsetting for us. 
Uh, the only thing that is true out of those three drones that's definitely true that's coming out soon is the DJI M300. I think that's probably been brought forward because of these recent issues with the M200. Um, at the moment, a lot of uh, police and many public service that, that's, agencies that's they've the got old ones. Yeah, the M300. So, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I just wanted to. Sure. That, the, the Matrice is an interesting one. That, that's an open source one, is, isn't it? Uh, it's right? not open source, no, but you no. can. there's the SDK, so you can run various things on there. Because isn't that, do. somebody told me, I don't know if this is true, but wasn't it the Matrice that uh, basically somebody figured out object avoid, avoidance and it was the Matrice platform that that they applied it to. And then DJI just went, thanks for that, and then took it and put it on all of their drones. Is that a, is that a rumor or not? I don't think so. The Matrice 100, um, uh, which was nowhere near as popular as the Matrice 200, that, um, that you could actually have um, an ultrasonic... Uh, what was it? Yeah, it was an ultrasonic um, sensor module. So you'd have all-round obstacle avoidance. But uh, on all of DJI's uh, pre-built products, they have uh, uh, stereoscopic uh, visual sensing um, and time of flight infrared. So I don't think that's that's true, no. Okay. Um, yeah. But Fraser, that, that. I, Fraser was asking, uh, a, I think, quite a pointed question of, do you know whether yeah. the M300 will be better than IP43 rated? Well, yes, they have they have to be because um, some, with, with the recent problems of them being flown in the wrong type of rain. Um, <laughs> so the what? yeah the, the spec sheet that was I'll get on to that in a second. But the spec sheet that was released uh, shows IP forty four. They they have to because IP forty three should be sufficient for a drone, but it's it's uh, been proved that it's uh, is it the I well, for, for people that don't three is not good enough. <laughs> For people that don't know, the, the IP rating is ingress protect protection. So that's uh, dust and uh, water, essentially. And um, mm -hmm. yes, the, the, the recent safety notices and the recent news articles about uh, police and other uh, drones, Inspires and Matrices kind of falling out the sky when they've been flown in the rain above people, um, that's, that's down to, to this, really. Um, Isn't IP forty three supposed to be you can like plunge it in water for like a minute no. or something? Or is that's that like IP forty six. That would be so. The first part of the number is to do with in ingress protection, and that actually has no bearing on the water protection. So it may be something which uh, has got open moving parts. So it may not. It may only have a one at the beginning, but if it has, I, I can't remember what the highest one. I think it's seven seven. Uh, if it's, it could be IP seventeen. And that would be something where you can't actually stick, where you could, you know, stick your finger in it, but, and you get your finger hurt, but um, you could also dunk it in a bucket of water. That would be very weird. But um, so the one, yeah, the, the first of the two numbers is to do with physical objects. So dust or what they actually do is poke it with a piece of wire of a certain diameter. And if it goes in, then it will obviously fail that particular category. But um, yeah, the, the second one is is for water. So the three is a um, basically they with water at an angle of up to sixty degrees from vertical. I think that's what what it is. So uh -huh. kind of like rain, basically. But apparently yeah, so not so quite right. 
There's a chart I'm just sort of staring at here. The second digit, one protected against vertically dripping water. So there's, as you say, there's angles involved. Uh, Two is protected against dripping water when uh, tilted up to 15 degrees. Three protected against spraying water. Four protected against splashing water. All these types of waters. How (laughs) five protected? Oh, five protected against jetting water. <clears throat> so, uh, okay. yeah, you can you can piss against that one as hard as you can. Uh, six protected against powerful jetting water. Um, seven seven mm-hmm. is protected against temporary immersion in water, and eight is protection against continuous immersion in water. So there we go. That's the second digit explanation. I like the idea of testing that with like a fire hose. It's like it survived the water, <laughs> but we smashed it against the wall with the fire hose. Sorry about that. Actually, a gentleman in the comments has just said something about powering the water in with high-powered fans probably matters. That was DJI's official response. They said, oh, it turns out that um, the, the testing house, which did the IP testing, uh, didn't have the propellers on. They weren't running the propellers. I, but where the water was getting in was like through the base of the motor into the sea housing so um yeah i think that that actually was just a an <laughs> these excuse guys, these, guys don't excuse. Work, these guys don't work at boeing as well do they <laughs> <laughs> but, um this this actually ties in quite nicely with something else i want to sort of bring up with sheldon um so if if anyone's been following ldo for many years and remembers way back when uh when we did the ldo drone games down in in hidden valley so this was uh between mini air show um so i think that must have been 2016 something like that and um we uh i mean we had a great day but we had Two things. One thing we had was it rained quite heavily at the end, um, but we had uh, uh, Bradley brought along his uh, Tupperware box quad, which had uh, the wiper. so all all the, all the kit was in the Tupperware <laughs> box, and it was flying around in in the rain perfectly happily, and it also had a nice little yeah, uh, windscreen wiper. When that was put up, it was quite early in the morning and I was still in my tent. And all I heard was someone shouting, Fat Shark 3, everyone Fat Shark 3. And obviously everyone lying in their tent just sort of like fumbled for their goggles and put it on. And all you can see is this wiper going across like this in the FPV (laughs) flying out in the rain. It was just, it was brilliant. I I think that might may well have been IP 47 rated at that point. Um, but the other thing we had at uh, the LDO Drone Games was we had a very interesting live broadcast, um, which both Sheldon and Clinton helped out with. Um, so for this, Sheldon brought along his uh, very large Piper Cub. Um, yeah, that thing was cool. And and Clinton very generously donated his his brand new smartphone at the time i can't remember what <laughs> it was but it was it was brand new. oh yeah i remember that yeah and and we just duct taped it to <laughs> as the ldo fashion <laughs> duct taped it to the piper quads got it on facebook live and it just went flying that's brilliant um, 
yeah, that was. Did that the stream was a, work all the way through? I can't remember. I don't I know think if it, it cut was out. A bit, I think it was a bit bitty, but it. it yeah. There bitty. was frames that got through. It was, it was <laughs> you know, proof of concept. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. But um, yeah, Charles, and you, you've obviously got some uh, flying experience outside of DJI as well. Well, yeah, I don't enjoy flying DJI stuff, but <clears throat> multi-rotors aren't my hobby. Back in the Emax 250 days, that's that's really it. Um, airplanes and helicopters, that's... That's what got me into it in the first place. But, uh, yeah, that's mainly what I do. I can say, watching firsthand, ladies and gentlemen, that Sheldon is a very, very competent pilot. Uh, and he's, he's uh, downplaying it here, but he's, no, he's, very, he's very good. Very good indeed. So, well, it's good. It's good fun. It's, it's a fun, you know, it's, it's good to have some hobby where you can practice skills and, <clears throat> and actually get something out of it, i.e. the plane not crashing. Learning new things. Um, I think yeah, your your biggest problem with the with the uh, your Emax two hundred and fifty is that you re- refuse to have anything to do with the Tyrannus. I think that would have would have solved all the problems. <laughs> no, you can't can't hate on Futaba. I use I use Free Sky Radio gear, but in a Futaba handset because I don't like the Tyrannus. It just feels too too. Plasticky. I heard some fairly reliable gossip because um, I've. Uh, Sheldon, you probably don't know this yet, but I've recently bought a Goblin and I'm getting back into helis again. Oh, okay. God knows why I decided to do that. Yeah, and commiserations. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I was um, at the, uh, at the, the the shop I went to get it from in uh, in Slough, a line T-Rex, and they, um, I was chatting mm-hmm. to them and, and the, the owner, Raj, was saying that um, Futabra winding down their servo production um, so that was just some interesting gossip because I had no idea. Because obviously, from the helicopter point of view, they made some some mm-hmm. they were kind of that had some like the two five six and two five sevens and yeah, there were some good good tail servos. But apparently, they're um, that's all being wound down now. The S nine two five. I remember the S nine two five four with the GY four hundred one. At one point, that I was still got one in the cupboard. Yeah. I, oh really? The, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I had that exact combination. In a, a I've still got that on a helicopter. I haven't flown that yeah, in a long time. Tony, what's your favourite servo? Any D1657. BNID rating. <laughs> how, how is the well, helicopter? Okay, um, have you moved it forward at all? Sorry? Have you have you got the Goblin anywhere near flying yet? Is it further, further on? Do you know what? It's, I mean, it's kind of there. I, I did the sensible thing when I first got it, which was to buy a, uh, which was to obviously not get completely lost in their ecosystem of Mikado. I bought the Mikado V-Bar, which is their flight controller. That's the golden flight controller that a lot of people use. It's not the only one out there, but it's very good. And I thought I'll use my Tyrannus and I use an XM plus. And of course, uh, the, the, the nonsensible thing to do at that point, which is exactly what I did was to go, yeah, but if I had a V-bar, I'd be able to program everything from the transmitter because you can program and change settings via its own 
telemetry uh, and not have to land and take the canopy off and plug it into a computer every time you want to tweak settings. So, yeah, I went and bought a VBAR controller, um, handset that is. Uh. And uh, everything is – it's all good. It's all ready, and I'm just kind of waiting for a nice break in the weather to actually go and start remembering how to fly again. But, yeah, I did fly up a Milton Keynes, had a little hovel with it, give it its maiden. Andy was there with me. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, – they do have some magic, the old hillies. Something about what size them. goblin is it? So it's the little one. It's there. It's called the Fireball. It's the Havoc, which is like the top upgraded one. But there, it's essentially, it's a three hundred. Yeah. It's a six S three hundred, which is uh, Jesus. And the the thing that I found quite incredible about it, it's direct drive. So the motor is oh. on the main shaft. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a big pancake motor. I, I, yeah, the Multiplex fun copter had that. That was a weird fixed pitch thing that no one bought. Oh, so that had a direct drive direct motor. Drive? Yeah, and, and the power. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you that you know they the the kind of torque it's generating because there's people like Tarek uh, who have, have absolutely thrown it around and it it deals with it. I think I think up at the high head speed, about eighty five percent, it's something like. 4,200 RPM, 4,500. Um, right. So, yeah, it's it's a little monster. But it, it's quite well behaved at low head speed as well. So that's where I'll be. No more stripped gears. No, exactly. Well, that's why they called it the Fireball, is because it crashes really well. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very, they're very little to, uh, to kind of bust up on it. And all the parts, are, like the side frames are plastic and... You know, all the, all the kind of standard breakable bits are all, all cheap for a goblin. Let's put that into perspective, you know. Yeah, yeah. Give the impression that it crashes well or that it bursts into flames. That was my sort of <laughs> that name. Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of helicopter crashes, it's the, the – there's a lot less parts on a model helicopter than there used to be, mainly because they've lost mm-hmm. things like flybar and flybar, – yeah. So that most linkage is just direct to the swashplate now there's no kind of uh, crazy geometry and lots mm-hmm. of things that, that can can bust on them so it's not as bad but they are still you know big spinning carbon blades doing high rpms and should be respected mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah scared of shit, the word the, the really helicopters now they they are very very scary um, at least with a nitro helicopter, you have the engine to scare you as well as the blades, so it kind of evens yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, they're, they're good fun. There's very few people who fly helicopters now, but actually, your, your question about Futaba, uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because um, Futaba servos have always been quite expensive. Mm. And when there's new kids on the block like Savox and things who have been chipping away at their business, uh, Futaba is um, a big electronics company. Their main business is making things like vacuum fluorescent displays and LCDs and stuff like that. So that's the only reason they still exist. Um, for example, JR, Japan Radio, 20 years ago, they were they were huge. You know, the main competitors to Futaba, the main people on the market were Futaba and JR. Um, mm-hmm. And really the only one left from those days is Futaba. You know, Sanwa and every, everyone's gone. So, um, and that will happen very, very quickly. Uh, once 2.4 came out and then, you know, fewer people started getting into modeling, that will happen very quickly. So, uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if Utaba thinking, yeah, we're kind of done with this now. I, I um, still have my, my um, JR X378 with the old pull-out telescopic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still in the loft. 
Um, but that I still think the JRX378 was kind of the basis for the Tyrannus. Um, but I'm not sure who... Oh, yeah, well, it's that case design. Um, yeah, it's, it's got that very, very similar kind of feel to it. But, I mean, the Tyrannus looks like the bastard child of several several radios from, from the old and pegboard yeah. <laughs> It is still a copy of that old, yeah, JR... Um, I can't remember what it was the other names for it, PCM 9X303, the, the, uh, the, you know, the original Spectrum DX7, that would look the same because uh, JR used to manufacture all the radio gear for Spectrum, which is why the T JR 2.4 gear was compatible with Spectrum up until the days of DSMX. And then uh, that's when, um, the, I think at the end of DSM2 days, uh, Spectrum started getting them manufactured by a Korean firm, pretty sure in Korea, they also make the Groutner radios. And uh, that was when JR just kind of disappeared. Went to, the, um, um, the 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 Tyrannus case being a, a clone is isn't true, but that would be an an entire hour's <laughs> worth of yeah. of. Uh, well, it looks very it's, similar. It's, yeah, it's, it's a heavily, heavily borrowed design. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, it's, it's not. not it, it wasn't borrowed. It was an off-the-shelf. Uh, case that was sold to them so that they could save money on not having to develop a case themselves. Mm. Um, what happened to Acoms? Does anyone remember them? Acoms? Oh. Yeah, they were Yeah, for the old radio cars. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they are... Mm, I'm, I'm just Googling it because I'm interested myself. Uh, it looks like they still sell some bits. I don't really remember them from my time at SMC. I think they're no, basically they're gone. I used to have them with my RC cars years and years ago when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Um, so how long kit. have you been in RC, Sheldon? Uh, 15 years at the latest count, I think. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting how you spent uh, My first model was, uh, my dad and I built this, mainly my dad built this model that um, was incredibly heavy, it was fiberglass. It had a, oh no, before that, my very, very, very first model was this uh, ready to fly thing, 27 megahertz, two channel, so rudder and uh, throttle. Uh, my dad insisted on taking it on the first flight because at the time he just completed his pilot's license. So he thought, <laughs> I know how to do this. Crashed it into a tree. Um, he then decided to shoot it down out of the tree with an air rifle and <laughs> shot straight through the, the receiver. Um, and uh, there is so much wrong yeah. with that. For example, 27 <laughs> megahertz yeah. in the UK. Uh, Carry on. Uh, so that was right. Yeah, nothing really happened after that until I got a Protec Zoom 400 helicopter. And I was probably seven years old. I couldn't fly it. I, I went through so many sets of spare blades. I then took that apart and we used the electronics in this model that, that we built. And it was way too heavy to fly. Um, eventually we built a you-know-what because uh, Chris Foss lives uh, just down the road here in Shoreham. He's really? he's uh, quite a funny chap. Yeah, he's he's worth meeting. Um, uh, and um, he's I'm now... I'm he, having he, to contain myself he's... here because a lot of Chris Foss models have been in my life. So uh, <laughs> carry on. Um, I've got a well, friend also who would be interested in hearing this who's pr probably watching this. Carry on, Chris. Chris, well, Chris, very quickly, he made some interesting models. He's one of the only people in uh, the aero modeling scene, especially in the UK, to have ever made any money. 
And he did quite well. He copyrighted all of his designs. Um, he sold loads of them back in the 80s and that sort of era. Um, I think you mean shad loads for the editor. How many Chris Foss... Okay, right. Competition. <laughs> how many Chris Foss uh, airframes have, have you owned then? Um, not that many. I think about... Five, maybe six. Oh, well, you beat me. So I had, <laughs> I, I, I had the the. Uh, I just the, love the fact Andy issues a challenge. Well, how yeah, many? Have you <laughs> <in seconds>? I, <laughs> I, I totally thought I was going to win this because I've been around a minute. But um, I See, had. I uh, told you there was going to be some willy measuring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always know I've got the smallest, whatever the topic is. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but before the show, I was I was asking uh, both Andy and Sheldon who'd flown the biggest model, and uh, and how how big was was your biggest model, Andy? Oh, I don't know. You know, it, uh, <laughs> so, some would some would say six inches, some would say five and a half. <laughs> oh, model, model. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know, twelve foot wingspan, something like that. Maybe bigger. I don't know. The way that uh, you know, I like to describe it is bog standard. <laughs> bigger <laughs> is not always best, Andy. Bog standard size. I've, I've, uh, and, it, it and, when it comes, and when it comes to planes, twelve foot. <laughs> <laughs> Children, how big was that glider? I've got a four meter glider. Well, I had uh, the wings need to be rebuilt, so because I've only got one wing for it now because the elevator servo failed. Oh, so um, two meters then. Anyway, I'm sure it'd be fine. No, it was a high tech HS82, or it was, and then I have you guys uh, seen those videos where, um, and they're real as well, where, where a model. Uh, aircraft will lose like half of its wing and the guy manages to oh, land, yeah. land it still those videos are me i mean I, there's a fake one out there that's a false size thing where its wing yeah. completely falls off. that was done for an advert i believe but if you search the internet you will find um rc models that lose a, um, a, couple, yeah. a good proportion of their wing and they're like land it amazing no, there's some true stories of it being done by fighter pilots i think it was the f-15 i mean you can get everyone thinks it's it's all about um how aerodynamic a wing is and well you the day, a brick can fly if it's got enough velocity the thing is as well what a lot of <laughs> yeah. people the, the the side of an aeroplane can act as a wing obviously knife edge that's how knife edge edge works and uh so uh, I, su I suppose, but I don't know the F-15 story though. Did, uh, uh, yeah, I, formation and they broke a wing off and um, one of them was able to land um, with the wing missing. Uh, they, they had to fly faster than normal, but yeah. I don't know why they chose to do that. There will obviously be more to the story, but um, because, well, ejecting can be fairly risky. Ejecting isn't a free free pass to yeah it's usually di dislocated work. shoulders and broken bones and ribs most of the time yeah. isn't it yeah it's and back you problem yeah, you, say, you end up being about a foot shorter after the ejection as well yeah, yeah. Pretty, 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 
Yeah, I mean, you're strapped, basically, you're strapped into a rocket chair, I mean, there's, there's, and it's the aim is to get you out of that and away from that plane as fast as possible. So, oh, there's yeah. this really Israeli Air Force F-15. If you Google F-15 one-wing landing, like, the whole wing is missing. So it, but the F-15's got a very large lifting body. I'd imagine with something yeah. like an F-16, it'd probably be much harder. Um, that would be a lot trickier. That's also one of those planes where it would be easier. I'd, I'd be more concerned about the flight computer going down on the F-16 because uh, without that, it's not flying at all. <laughs> I don't know if you guys um, saw the RC test flights. Daniel did uh, a couple of ideas using what he referred to as the RC lifting model, which I think mm. they tested in NASA. Oh, it's yeah. basically like a wedge-shaped plane with practically no wing and the idea yeah. is the body of the plane acts as the lift itself so if you if you drop it down it will just go into a glide ratio um i i, I enjoy stuff it's always interesting mm. I, I enjoy the fact that guy um does some pretty clever stuff but ends up just duct taping stuff yeah. <laughs> around at the end of it but yeah you can see it starts off with some effort and then uh, ends up with hot glue and then it's like yeah at the end of it let's just let's just let's yeah wind around <laughs> some tape that'll do yeah. it he, he's like uh, the American Tom Stanton, isn't he? Except he was doing it way before Tom. Yeah, yeah, he's been going a long time. Yeah, predates flight test, I think, with Daniel. Yeah. Does anyone oh. watch flight test anymore? Mm. Nah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we just turn it out, Susan. Today he's our cool new coffee. Woo. Uh, well, I, I didn't even know that. That I haven't watched them. It's but... Like ten minutes of coffee or whatever adverts. You can't. You can't deny though that probably oh, most of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Yeah, they've got a lot um, of people into the hobby. Um, it's, it's kind of a shame what's happened, but uh, it was very, very good at one point. Got, yeah, it got a lot of people into the hobby. Sure. Yeah. Now they're just trying to sell stuff. I mean, if you look at their views and their, that, I mean, that that's all I look at. I don't watch the videos, but I go, <laughs> I go posted an hour ago. Fifty thousand views. There goes Andy Willy measuring again. <laughs> no, Andy looks at his subscribers. Oh damn you! We I have two hundred thousand views. I don't watch the videos because I don't have the time. But whatever they do, and they're, they're doing, they're doing something right, aren't they? They're getting the views, but I haven't watched the videos. Sorry, sorry, flight test. You got beg and stuff. Um, Sheldon, you you've been doing some interesting modifications though with some of the DJI stuff, haven't you? So you got the. Oh. Can you talk about them? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the main one we've been doing. This is a Mavic Two. It's got a little hat on top of it, but it's got a. Being shy, uh, it's got a thermal camera. Uh, nice. So on the bottom is a normal one. Uh, above is a thermal camera. If you're wondering why we've done this, because DJI already makes their own. They do, but it's got a very poor quality sensor. So this is double the resolution. So this can actually be useful for search and rescue. Um, so this arrived back from... Sorry. Sorry sorry to interrupt you. Is, is there some yeah. legal thing in the UK about the sensor in a thermal camera for the UK is, is only allowed to be a certain amount, or in other countries you're allowed to high, high resolutions or something? No, it's not for the UK. So that's to do with uh, the United States thinking they own all technology ever made. Um, but it's, it's not as bad as it was. Uh, earlier thermal cameras were under ITAR, which is when they sort of cavity search you if you put in an order. But um, <clears throat> I think with, with this, it comes under dual use. So we can buy these and there's no real restrictions. If you want to then sell it to a police force, it comes under a military uh, thing and then you have to get an export license. So it's actually not, not as bad as you think. 
Um, but they are still a bit jumpy and you don't want to get it wrong because if you do, it can be very, very bad. Um, so, so there's no the, restrictions uh, if you just uh, want to own one yourself. Are the thermal cameras so that you can, they can fly them up to a burning building and confirm it is actually on fire? Or is it <laughs> that, that um, search and rescue? What, what, what's the primary purpose for, or for testing that kind of tech? Well, mainly for this, it's just for finding stuff uh, which um, you can't necessarily see with the visual light camera, like someone hiding in a wheelie bin or um, <laughs> hiding on a roof at night uh, <clears throat> or someone who is, you know, in a bush, unconscious. It's only search and rescue mainly, but police are having a lot of luck at the moment with um, using them in place of helicopters uh, because there's so few police forces actually have a helicopter to hand yeah. now that it will take half an hour to show up. Um, yeah, that's very true. If they've got is, a drone in the back of the car. Is it possible to add a speaker mod and to play the noise of the predator from it when it's out <laughs> hunting for people with thermal imaging? Well, we've had, I won't go into details, but uh, there's the Mavic 2 Enterprise that has quite a loud speaker on it and uh, you can record audio onto it and... A couple of the police ones that we've had in have had quite interesting uh, <laughs> things recorded. <laughs> like, uh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moving on, there's there's yeah. another modification that you you you've been uh, doing as well that I'm Tony not, will be more interested in. I think. I'm not sure we should move on. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> which which one are you alluding to? I've the one that makes the chemtrails. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, this isn't, strictly speaking, on a drone, but it's drone-related. Um, so it's for a company um, who uh, who make prop spraying chemicals, you know, chemtrails, uh, uh, killer vaccines, and mind control uh, drugs. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's not too exciting, but they basically want, it's for the DJI Agras, which is a uh, drone for prop spraying, uh, because uh, what you can spray from a given piece of equipment is incredibly tightly controlled. They're having to certify um, their chemicals for use in the DJI Agras. So they just want to run the pumps and nozzles, basically the DJI spray equipment without the drone because they don't want the drone in the lab. So we just built a thing which um, runs the pumps at a given flow rate for a given amount of time. So it will simulate a spray pattern. So it will stay on for 10 seconds, then turn off as the drone moves to a new uh, line in the field and then oh, cool. you don't have to be there if you're doing it you could set it all up on google maps and just let it do it itself and then land when it's empty do you not think exactly it's a thing though to be there when it's spraying chemicals i'm not sure i did just put it on and then go do my shopping <laughs> well you wouldn't want to be the chemicals <laughs> would you <laughs> when you're when you're and Jay, when you're 3D printing, do you ever do do you ever leave the room and just let it do a camera it when he goes out? He has a look yeah, back. I do have a camera. I've got a camera on it. Yeah, so that I can always and I can remotely stop it. And I've got a little program there on there, called the, spag the spaghetti detective. Uh, <laughs> nice. And I need some spaghetti. <laughs> anyone who 3D prints know exactly what the spaghetti reference is. If you knock the top of your print off and it just starts spooling. All the filament mm. out. So this this little program will will alert you that your print has failed and, and stopped it. So, but yeah, well, you've it, just... in terms of that, it's ABS. I would absolutely not print and be in the same place because that stuff's very toxic. But well, yeah. you've just ruined about twenty minutes of jokes that I came up with. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay because we only have two minutes left. Well, I, I was just wondering, given that 
you can't the thermal cameras with the restrictions i'm like why are they there because it's I, I can't think of anything bad you can do apart you know you can play really high-tech hide and seek where like people are upset yeah. like, oh i thought my wheelie bin hiding place was amazing but you found me with your thermal camera like what, <laughs> what untoward stuff are they dreaming that people might do with it well can you not see how hot people's willies are with them <laughs> well that, i think the main thing uh, the main restriction was on the frame rate so uh, there's it's nine hertz so you get nine hertz camera nine fps and then ones which are above nine hertz the idea is uh, what the united states are particularly obsessed about is something with a frame rate over nine fps they've decided can be used to track them. If it's below nine FPS, it's use, useless for that. Tra tracking uh, what? Sorry, I, I, did, did every tracking yeah, we lost you. We lost you. Tracking, oh, track, tracking what? At, above nine FPS? Tracking missiles. No. If it's above nine frames per second, you disclaimer. Can use it to track <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they've decided. It's it's completely arbitrary, and you can still get sixty hertz ones. Um, so and if you're selling to the yeah, police, you need to. Speaking yeah. of the US being yeah. arbitrary, uh, it's probably <laughs> worth mentioning the uh, FAA uh, consultation that's going on at the moment. Um, we don't know so much about that because we're not in the US and there's a lot of reasoning and can't be bothered with that. Um, but there is a consultation that's been at the moment, so if you are in the US, uh, find out more about that and get your voice heard. Uh, when we had consultations here in the UK, we managed to... Uh, get quite a few consultation uh, responses sent in and in the chat we have Wynn and Fraser whose responses actually got published and inserted into the official records so you know actually get read and, and, and included in uh, consideration um, and you know if we didn't have our responses from the community I'm sure we would be in a much worse position uh, if you look back at what the proposals were three years ago here um, than we do right now. So, well done, chaps. Responding to that and get them to have some more sensible rules because otherwise they'll be over here as well. I think um, it's important as well as like at what we do as a is a global community. So you know we want to support everybody because uh, usually as well if something's happening in the US, uh, everybody goes the US is doing this. Perhaps we should, and and that so it sort of has has a sort of um, you know. It, well, they were the first people to down. try out registration, weren't they? Exactly, and and now look at us. So it, if they're yeah. proposing that, then a couple of years down the line, if, if that goes, so some, something really needs to be acted upon. Sorry to go back. I just love the idea that the marketing team for that camera could be like find people in wheelie bins now also missile tracking compatible <laughs> like that's how wide the spectrum of, of, of things this camera can do versatility is what it's all about <laughs> not just for missile tracking or wheelie bin hide and seek yeah now you can measure the hotness of people's willies suggestion yeah. by <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing man i i, I can remember vi vividly should I say this? You've committed now. If you don't say something, our imaginations will only come up with something worse. My uh, my my father's line of work once involved him bringing a thermal imaging camera home, and you could see 
people's privates <laughs> with it. If, in, in the right conditions, you can make out uh, certain features, yes, um, but not always. And uh, in this in this instance, <laughs> ways. You never guess what I can see. Not only have I found you in this wheelie bin, I should also let you know, sir, you have very hot eyeballs. I'll tell you what as well. <laughs> that, remember that woman that was putting cats in wheelie bins? She'd be done for, wouldn't she? She would. <laughs> I, I think it's time to wrap up the show. So um, thank you, everyone, for, for watching and for listening on the podcast. And thank you all our patrons for supporting us and meaning that we, we can continue doing all these things and talking all this rubbish. Um, thank you very much to Sheldon for coming on. And I'm sure if anyone in the chat and listening or needs any, you know, missiles tracking or some, uh, some privates measuring or, um, some drones fixing cause you've flown them into a tree and expected the obstacle collision to solve that problem, uh, dronedoctor.co.uk. Uh, this week I have been joined by Andy RC who has muted himself. Sorry about that. <laughs> Tatar, guys. Sorry, I was distracted. Curry I'm, I'm working on a lot of stuff. NJ. See you guys. See you next week. Next week, we've got Menace RC and a special guest from the chat and a giveaway as well the next mm. week from Menace. So look forward to that. Bye. Or and bye. Sheldon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, been fun. And I have been Andrew slash Frank. Uh, next week, yeah, we will have Menace RC. So see us then. Thanks for watching and goodbye. Telemetry lost.